What is to be done with this traitor, Your Grace? My mother wishes me to let Lord Eddard join the Night's Watch. Stripped of all titles and powers, he would serve the realm in permanent exile. And my Lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. But they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Illyn, bring me his head. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 42, Game of Thrones, season 1, episode 9, Baylor. Alright, that was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) So after a long, long break. Back in. Back in what? We're back in on the pod. (laughs) We're backing in. Yeah, <laughs> slowly. The greatest October in the history of forever was a historic success. Yeah, rave reviews all across. Uh, definitely, the people country. really liked uh, it. Follows, and that's about it. Well, I mean, I think the whole thing was a success. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next year's. <laughs> we're actually getting ready for the greatest December in the history of forever when we're going to oh, yeah. talk about Christmas movies. Die Hard, <laughs> Gremlins. <laughs> and uh, Batman Returns. Yes. We should no, watch we're Scrooged. we're not doing that, actually. Um, yeah, I haven't sc- seen Scrooged in like a while. Right. I enjoyed it, That's though. a thought. It's a thought, but... What is it? Is there 31 days in December? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, as always, you can... Subscribe on iTunes to the show. We encourage you to do so. Because, you know, as is the case in between episodes 41 and 42, you never know how long the delay is going to be. Yeah. Or how short. Episode 43 might get posted tomorrow. Right. And then where are you going to be? You're not going to (laughs) know unless you're subscribed. So, Like battling pertussis. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. Check out all of our old episodes. GreatestMoments.Podbean.com Rate, reviews, all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, We thank you for your support. Yep. And that'll do it for episode 42. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Yeah. (laughs) So, let's get right into it. I know we both have a lot to say. (laughs) About Game of Thrones. Is there anything to say, really? I mean, come on. Alright, so, what year did Game of Thrones start? Was that 2010? Oh. Maybe. Hmm. I think, so did it originally run 
in April or whatever. I want to say it might have been 2011. Yeah, 2011 seems right. Yeah, because next year yep. is season seven. And it'll be 2017. All right. Not coming back until June. Good math by Almost us. Almost the end of June, actually. June 25th, I believe. Right. And it's we're now getting into the abbreviated seasons, right? They're going to do seven episodes and then six. So 13 total left. I'm all in. Um, Yeah, I mean, at this point, you might as well be. Yeah. We've already <laughs> committed this long to this yeah. bullshit. I mean, even if I wasn't all in, I'd still be in. Now, do most people that you know watch Game of Thrones, or is it just a couple? Like, how uh, big is it in your world? Yeah, I think most people that I talk to watch it. Yeah, it. Um, when the premiere episode came on, I was definitely um, interested in checking it out. I didn't know very much about it at all really no, i didn't right. know i for all i knew it could have been based on like real things right that's how little like i knew the about tutors. it before it started i didn't even know that for sure that there was going to be things like dragons and whatnot yeah i, I oh, don't even really remember you know what? before we even say anything else um i think <laughs> i think it's important to know matt was about to talk <laughs> well no i think it's important to note that uh we picked a specific episode in season one. It's towards the end of season one. Uh, however, we are not only going to be spoiling that particular episode, which is, has a huge spoiler in it, but we will probably inadvertently or, in, you know, potentially on purpose, be spoiling almost everything about the show and the books and pretty much anything. So, I mean... I don't want to feel like handcuffed in this conversation. I mean, we're not going to probably go crazy about the later seasons because we we may do more Game of Thrones episodes in the future on this podcast. But, you know, just so everyone is on the same page, if you've only, you know, potentially watched the first season or something like that, I mean, I wouldn't recommend necessarily sticking with this because we're probably going to... We may not, but I don't want to, you know thinking about that the whole time like well we shouldn't say this yeah we're not gonna worry about it so for those of you that are tuning out now tune in next week <laughs> we might have a I better episode any, for well it. i mean we have so few listeners that i can't imagine. oh <laughs> what are you doing uh no i mean i think most people who have ever heard the show should be aware that we pretty much spoil the fuck out of everything so. right plus we t- go over how we do that every episode so well, for this, though, because spoilers in this show is a big deal. Plus, I also feel like, you know, I don't want to be critical here because I do feel like you have to treat every episode like there's new listeners. Uh, well, that would be a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So what were you saying before I jumped in with that whole spoiler spiel? Uh, I I remember the show starting out and, and coming on and seeming like it, it was going to be like a, a high production value thing but uh i don't really remember getting anything about the show from the trailers other than it was some medieval i don't even really know if i if i thought it was a fantasy thing yeah i didn't really know the the only indication the only thing i had ever seen was way back during the um premiere episode of boardwalk empire um before it came on they you know how they do their like 
next six to 12 right. month commercials where they kind of show like tidbits of all these different shows and movies that they're going to have and all that shit. Um, I saw, I saw Sean Bean, I think with like a sword and some green, yeah, yeah, great Lord of the Rings rock. And it was like game of Thrones or whatever. And I was like, Oh, that seems interesting. I remember, uh, which is, you know, it's become such an iconic show at this point. But I, I do remember being, like, off-put by the title at first. I was like, Game of Thrones, that kind of stinks. Well, it still stinks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I, actually, yeah, I mean, I do think that um, the book series, A Song of Ice and Fire, or is it Fire and Ice? Ice and Fire. <laughs> fire and Ice sounds like, I think it was like a tag team in WCW in, like, the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, a so- a Song of Ice and Fire is actually cooler. It's a cooler name than Game of Thrones, but I, yeah. I could see, you know, a production, s- some production meetings with some executive producers being like, well, are people going to know what that means? Right, it's and plus, confusing. I mean, you know, they didn't know how far they were going to be able to take this. So a song, of Ice and Fire, or a song of Ice and Fire might not have made that much sense if it only lasted one season. Would have any name made sense for something that lasts? I mean, Game of Thrones, it's still the idea of people battling over the throne for season one. Yeah, but let's... I know what you're saying, but, I mean, let's be honest. If it only lasted a season, it would be a failure, and it wouldn't really matter anyway. All right. It would have been, like, luck. I know, but I think that the original proposed plan of what they at least wanted to get to was the end of book three. Well, they weren't going (laughs) to... They weren't going to cover that all in season one. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> that's got an attitude tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very fucking rust coal type character for my partner on this podcast just <laughs> ever critical i'm not, i'm just wondering what the fuck you're talking i don't about. know if <laughs> i'm i feel like i'm having a conversation that we had five years ago did we say that a Song of Ice and Fire would have been a cooler name for the show. No, but you told me that uh, about that they the creators were like, well, let's at least get to this point. Well, yeah, that would have been a nice goal. Right, but, but I'm just saying, if the title was A Song of Ice and Fire, that doesn't really make sense even getting to that point. But Game of does Thrones does. it make does. sense at all, though? Well, I think it does with the end, with uh, you know, the two characters that are probably that the end is probably going to be about. Oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> I won't say anything more on that. <laughs> so season one is coming to a close. Um, I was in after the first episode. I enjoyed it. A lot of high amount of incest in episode one. <laughs> a lot of incest. Something you on. really look for in those pilot episodes. <laughs> you got to come out swinging with your pilot episode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, incest... It's the reason vinyl was canceled, let's be honest. Not enough incest (laughs) in the pilot. Yeah, I mean, the the last scene of of episode one is uh, incest and then uh, attempted murder on a child. Two of your favorite things. Um, So I was all in. I was enjoying season one. I think, um, and I think we've covered this in our own private conversations, but... uh, (laughs) I by the time we had reached episode nine, I had already finished book one. I had started reading it at some point during the first season and had finished book one. So uh, the major event of episode nine was not a surprise to me. Um, but we'll get to that. I, I okay. guess we shouldn't just jump right, right. into that. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of want to talk about this idea of reading the books versus watching the show too. Okay. Okay. Um, how does the episode open? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> we just watched it. <laughs> Five. We just got done watching it. I can't There's so many remember. scenes in one episode. It's like you can kind of tell in this season one. It's not the same as it is now, where it's like really a struggle to fit as many characters in really a whole season as they can. You can kind of tell in this first season they they were like, all right, we got to fill some screen time. Um, well, who, what? Ch- at least give me who, like let's try to. Who does it open with? Is it I, with Ned in the dungeon? Uh, yes. Okay, so because he kind of it's like in the book, this is that scene. It's like he's waking up from that dream, which is like such a big scene in book one, which they didn't include until this season of the show. Speaking of dreams. Today at work on YouTube, I was watching Anne Hathaway <laughs> sing I Dreamed a Dream from Les Miserables. Okay. I'm not really sure why. I mean, it's a great song. I was feeling like pretty chick. emotional when I was like watching videos from the 2012 version of Les Miserables. What do you do for your job? Uh, watch YouTube videos till I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> get emotional watching YouTube videos at my desk. <laughs> if someone comes over to ask you a question, you just look up and... Tears weeping rolling down yeah. my face <laughs> and i mean people might think we're joking but i mean it's pretty much the truth at this point um so ned's in the dungeon the the lannisters have got him uh because he's found out the big secret which is that jamie and cersei have been fucking and joffrey who is now the king because robert baratheon is dead He's not actually Robert's son. Yeah, I mean... In fact, he's the product of incest. Just point it out a million times at this point, but it's probably been a while since it's been discussed. I mean, the look of Joffrey just screams product of incest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times in... TV and movies, like, I find myself identifying with the villains a lot and wanting the villains to win. Um... (laughs) But they did a really good job in this because I can't stand Joffrey. He's just so hateable. Yeah. That even when he, like, does all the crazy shit in later seasons, like when he's making, like, the one naked prostitute, like, whip the other one on the ass and Which stuff. normally that would be something you'd be into. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, right. usually that's... And it was a hot scene, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but I still didn't like him. Right. Go ahead. And, I mean, he kills Roz off-camera... Which just infuriates me. Yeah. Still. I think people were really celebrating that, though. Why? I don't know. People, the uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones internet community didn't seem to really take to Roz. Yeah, because she's not in the books. Right. But she was such a trooper, that yeah. actress. As, I mm-hmm. think her name's like Esme Bianca or something. Or yeah. I mean, full frontal nudity in her first Multiple appearance. Multiple times. Yeah. Just a real... Trooper. Trooper. When yeah. some of the chicks on that show were, you know, real, yeah, acting all high and mighty, <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't want to get naked anymore, yeah. <laughs> which is fine because you had Roz, and now you know what? She didn't even get a death on. What are like what? <laughs> what? What season is that even in? Like four? Uh, mm, I was before that. Yeah, I don't know. It was like it. it oh, maybe it was four. It's it's a while down the road, but yeah. anyway, so. This this is probably going to be like our longest episode. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's not get Varys caught up on goes into the dungeon and Varys, yeah, he stinks. Yeah, um, just talking about it. 
can't stop talking about how his balls were cut off. It's like we get it, or his schlong. I don't know. Everything. Was, yeah, the, the whole, whole deal. Thing. Yeah. The thing that I don't it's like, like yeah, about varies on the show versus varies in the book is that varies on the show has a very like almost every conversation he has is like this is who I am. Oh, I know. This is what I'm doing. Well, this is what this I'm. This is what we're doing. He's constantly we like need to do this. Telling, it's like, yeah, or like telling you know it's a, he's telling these like parables all the time. You know these stories that are supposed to mean something, and then also yeah, I mean I remember there's a scene from this season where the old idiot there, uh, Grandmaster Pycelle or whatever, he's talking to Ned and he's like, uh, "Did you know Lord Varys is a eunuch?" And Ned's just like, "Yeah, everyone knows that," and it's like. You wonder why everyone knows that because Varys won't stop talking about it. Yeah, he's a real chatty Kathy. Yeah, um, he comes well, in. Well, that's his deal. Yeah, he's a gossip. It's interesting. It, it's interesting to go back and rewatch this episode because if you read the books and uh, you stick with the show uh, through season six and everything, Varys kind of evolves into this mastermind, if you will. It seems like. Everybody's got their own angles. That's obvious. You right. know, that's a big part of this show. Whether it's Littlefinger, Varys, Cersei, whoever, yeah. everyone's working some kind of an angle, some long-term plan. But like, it becomes clear later in the books, and I think to probably a lesser extent, also later in the show, that Varys has kind of got this long-term plan that at some point he puts into motion that seemingly involves Daenerys because he knows about her and is somewhat connected to her. But it's unclear what his like line of loyalty to her is. I don't know, but what I'm saying is in this instance, in this particular scene with Ned, he is almost working against that direction he will be working in later, which is to get rid of Cersei and get rid of the Lannisters. Right. Um he wants peace, is what he says, and he isn't But great. there's a scene in this season where he's walking with that dude that's like that Daenerys is living with in episode one. Right. And it's like they're kind of revealing that at that point he has like a bigger plan. Well, it's also possible that um, Viserys dies and that he, changes he temporarily thinks, oh, well, all hope of the Targaryens taking over is lost. So That's true. Yeah. But then later when, right. he, That's when a good point. Daenerys yeah. reveals herself to be like the true whatever warrior princess <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know xena that annoying he can throw his hopes back behind her because maybe in this this is that in between time period where he knows viscerus is dead and he thinks all hope is lost of That's true. that ever coming to fruition because maybe he doesn't know that she will have those kind of ambitions even mm-hmm. although it's like he says he wants peace so his hope now is to prevent all out war between multiple factions, which is basically what ends up happening anyway. Right. Uh, you know, we kind of check in all around uh, Westeros, uh, and, you know, we see what's going on with all the different people. First, I don't know what order we're going in. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh, yeah. I can't remember what's next. Is it John getting the sword? Yeah. Um, from Mormont, Jorah's dad. What's his name? I don't know his name. Uh, Something Mormont. Yeah. Lord Mormont. It's a weird... He has like a weird first name, I think. But uh, just a giant man. Yeah. The wardrobe... They literally took a black 
blanket and cut a hole in the center and put <laughs> yeah. his head through it and was like, that's a shirt I because mean, you're so fucking huge. His torso is just massive. They don't really get into this very much like on the show or in the books, but like I'd have to imagine like a lot of anal rape <laughs> going on up at the wall. Yeah, I mean, whenever... It's kind of like prison, right? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they They're reference... They're supposed the, to, like... I mean, yeah, we know that sometimes they might get to go on, like, a little bit of a trip and maybe fuck some whores And there's whatever, a, you know, just a brothel... There's a brothel not that far out of t- away from the wall. Yeah, but I, I didn't... I never got the impression that they were going there, like, monthly. Like, everyone got to go no, there No, no, I, I think... I mean, it was very... It's, like, a very much, like, a sneak-off... Like, that might be something you get to do, like, like, once a year. Right. Maybe. Yes, yes. I mean, mostly it's interesting when, like, in the later seasons when, say, a certain red woman shows up at the wall. I mean, you would just think, I mean, she, <laughs> she would have to have just a whole squadron of guards at all times. Well, yeah, but she's pretty dangerous. That's though. true. Um, <laughs> she takes off that like thing to reveal how old she is, and like the dudes are still like, "Hey, I'm still in." <laughs> I mean, look around you, honey. <laughs> it, yeah, it's either your 90 year old vagina or some dude's ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mormont gives him a family sword. It's Valyrian steel. Yep. Uh, so you know this kind of. Uh, I think you'd have to be a pretty dense idiot to watch this show through six seasons and not pick up on, you know, who the most important characters are. Right. Clearly, Jon Snow, as early as, you know, the first couple of episodes, starts to be positioned as someone that we're really supposed to care about. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion, obviously. Um, although his kind of... Uh, comedic nature and drinking and whoring and all that stuff kind of lends you to believe that either he will be a tragic death that we will all mourn at some point or if he does survive to the end it's not like he's going to be the winner true of this game Mm -hmm. of thrones (laughs) (laughs) yeah they should do like a weird al style parody of that michelle branch carlos santana song game of love Mm. But have it called Game of Thrones. Yeah. I love Michelle Branch. Yeah, you would. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so John gets a sword. Um, It looks like way too big for him to wield. I mean, he looks like really small. Well, that might be just because he's next to Mormont, who is (laughs) a giant of a man. Yeah, right. I don't know. He goes and shows his swords to all his little gay wall friends. (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) Like, oh my god, John, let me see your sword. <laughs> Except the only one that's not interested in it is Sam, who's just having one of his little butthurt, morose moments on the whatever picnic table. Yeah, let's, uh, how bad would it suck to be at the wall? I mean, I would just kill myself. Well, I mean, you know, Varys kind of pitches Ned on this idea of like, well, you know, if you accept Joffrey as the king and announce that you're loyal to him or whatever. I'm sure Cersei will let you go to the wall. He's just like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> BFD. I'd rather be dead. <laughs> yeah. So Sam's got some bad news for John, which is 
they've taken his father prisoner in King's Landing and his brother is putting together an army to try to go free him and has declared himself King of the North or has he not actually said King of the North uh, that's not yet yeah but yeah Rob has called all the banners and they're marching to uh, King's Landing which you know what is a mystery throughout this show is how long it actually takes to get across the country of Westeros <laughs> because Rob's army seems to cover a lot of ground pretty quickly, uh, but I don't know. Some people spend entire seasons crossing Westeros. Yeah, um, and that comes. Yeah, that definitely comes into play more even in like the later seasons, right. especially this past. Season, oh yeah, where people were seemingly teleporting across the entire <laughs> fucking globe, while other people spent seemingly whole years wandering around, getting nowhere. Right. So we check in with Rob. Uh, and he has positioned his army now outside of the um, twins, the twins, which is basically just a fucking bridge, right? Across a glorified bridge, um, a crazy river. And that place is run by Walter Frey, who is a legendary creep. Yeah, who has been married countless times and sired countless bastards, and has piles and piles of heirs that. Now, is there inbreeding going on here, or is this uh, just like probably, a, okay. uh, although not as direct as bro and sis, right. but yeah, okay, I, I would imagine there has seems to be. that way. I mean, how many? A lot of unfortunate looking phrase. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and even though he's technically sworn his allegiance to the Tullys, which is Rob's mother's side, which is aligned with the Starks, which is, you know, what Rob is. It's complicated because he's kind of just a cantankerous old ass and, you know, isn't going to just let them pass for free. And while Rob certainly has enough men to win any potential battle with Walter Frey, that would just frankly take too much time and effort and, it's not really an option. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Ned is in this dungeon. How long are they going to wait to make a decision on what they're going to do with him? Rob's trying to march this army. This is what I'm talking about. It's like, how are they going to make it there in time? Which, obviously, you know, spoiler, they don't, but... <sighs> yeah, um, these scenes are particularly tough for me because I fucking hate Catelyn Stark, his mother, <laughs> so goddamn much. Right. Everything she says infuriates me. I just, it's the real kind of misogynist inside of me that just comes out and is just like, yeah, shut boy. up. Yeah, but I mean, she coddles poor Rob in front of his soldiers. Well, it's not even that she coddles him. It's just that she acts as if she's in charge. Yeah. And I just can't, it's just like demeaning. Right. But it's also just like, you know, I don't know. She's she's even somehow she's even more annoying in the books. I cannot stand her chapters. Yeah, well, she's even worse when she comes back to life. <laughs> yeah, and she can't talk anymore. Somehow, that's the thing. Like, and we've talked about this in plenty of our episodes, including um, the Watchmen one, and what was the other one? I don't know. I don't know. We, what we bring doing. it up all the time, but 
you know, the people that kind of get butthurt about the differences between oh, the yeah. original source material right. and then the adaptation for uh, movies and television and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are, there are, there's definitely a um, community of people that are fans of the books that get very uptight about any differences. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. The books are great stories, but they're not particularly well written. Oh, here we go. And so I don't really feel like George R. R. Martin is a genius. Um, I think he's a great storyteller. I think he's a decent writer, but not a great writer. And so he's not infallible. And in this instance, more more so a... than most source material, I I, I don't think this that the original books are infallible. I think. They are ripe for reinterpreting <laughs> and for taking uh, some liberties with when needed. Yeah, I thought they handled the adaptation for the first season really well. And they, they kind of had to, it's kind of hard to pinpoint now because it's been so long, but I can remember them the, having to add scenes that weren't in the book. And I, Oh, yeah, were, they definitely flesh out a lot of things. Yeah, and they were usually scenes that I liked. Uh, and then that was something that kind of went away as the seasons went on because they had like so much material that they were trying to squeeze into the, the episodes. Th- well, my whole thing was because you brought up, um, mm-hmm. uh, what do they call her, Lady Stoneheart or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, Catalan's mm-hmm. reanimated corpse stinks. Anyone um, that's a fan of that story, yeah, like, and it sucks. Oh. Like it's terrible. Yes, it's it's dumb. Um, there's a lot of things uh, in the series of books that is just unnecessary and muddies the story to a point where you kind of start losing interest. Horrible. I don't even want to get into some of the stuff in the sixth book or is it the fifth, fifth fifth book. Yeah. That really infuriates me. But like, I don't, I'm not going to read any more of the books. I don't think No, I, I will, but, uh, that's because it takes you like a year and a half to read a book. Well, but. can you blame me? That fifth <laughs> book, it was just like I had, z- I was like completely lost interest. That whole scene where uh, I read it in like two days. <laughs> Jamie uh, was being lured to Lady Stoneheart or whatever by some undead version of Brienne. I was like, this is so dumb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it really went off the rails. Like, yeah. I think my original feeling on book five was that I was happy with it because. Book four was such a slog to get yeah. through. It was like, oof. <laughs> and I was like, well, at least a lot of the main characters are back in book five. And so at, I originally was like, this is, a, it's better than book four and blah, blah, blah. But I then, love like, book four. No Daenerys. <laughs> well, yeah, now in retrospect, like book five just is a disaster, really. Yeah, I, I didn't love it. Uh there's a lot of stuff. It just starts going in all kinds of directions that you don't want. But anyway, my point is that in certain circumstances, the adaptation, whether it's a movie or, in this case, a TV show, can actually be better or at least as good but different than the source material. Like right. In this particular instance, I, w- I would say that the show has probably surpassed the books. But even if they didn't surpass them, if you don't want to even get into that debate, they're at least as good because they're different. They make the right choices when they need to. I would agree. And they've eliminated things that are awful. Right. And they've 
made some choices to make things easier for television like that i think if they tried to stay like a hundred percent true to the books would just further confuse people who haven't read the books i would agree um they've made things palatable for a television audience in a way that's you know entertaining so catalan ends up going into the twins and cuts a deal with walter frey right Rob's got to marry a Frey. He's got to take a Frey on as a squire, and Arya has to Poor marry Rob. a Frey. How old is he supposed to be? I don't know, like sixteen or something. Well, in the books, he's like sixteen. He's clearly much older, right? I mean, I don't. Wow. Think, I don't think they're pretending that he's sixteen in this. Oh, okay. I I, I, never, I actually thought I he was younger than that. six. I thought he was younger than sixteen in the book. He may even have started out younger. I I don't think they're even pretending that right. for a second. Okay. In this. I mean, that would just be so absurd. Yeah. He's like a full beard. Yeah, and he's like the only person in his family with a different accent (laughs) for some reason. Well, whatever it is, you know, he's got to give up his bachelor life pretty early. To a hideous fray. Yeah. But it grants them passage, um, but he knows that he's leading an army into an inevitable confrontation with the Lannister army, which is being run by Tywin. Um, Lord Tywin Lannister, the head of the Lannister clan. And in this particular episode, uh, Rob kind of scores one of his, or actually his his first uh, victory as a general, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, whatever. Um, and he kind of dupes the Lannisters with kind of, I guess it's kind of like a fake out. Like he sends 2,000 troops. Well, yeah, in the episode in before direction. this, they captured like a Lannister scout. And they let him live and has him tell Tywin that, uh, yeah, he's sending 20,000 troops or whatever towards Tywin's forces when really they send like a decoy of 2,000 and they send the other 18,000 to where Jaime has another part of the Lannister army at Riverrun. Right. So then, you know, we check in with uh, Daenerys. Really just don't a know bunch exactly of what they're doing at this point. Uh, yeah, she's basically f- managed to like fuck up her whole deal with Cal Drogo. I mean, now kind of an interesting story arc for her in season one, where in episode one she's clearly being raped, and that right. kind of continues for the next couple of episodes until uh-huh. she decides that she likes it. So it's kind of similar to Cemetery Man. Well, in that main character. Uh, I think it's, well, I don't know. Well, she falls in love with yeah, her yeah, rapist. Yeah, right. She's, there's, a, there's a slow transition where she she teaches him how to be a proper lover. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You are condoning it or uh, trying to make excuses? <laughs> or what are you doing right now? I'm just saying, I think they they paint it in a light that she's kind of the one in control. Like, she... Well, she takes control. Yes. She's okay. clearly not in control. Well, yes. And she's not right. consenting to the marriage or no, the no. Yes. jackhammering that follows On from a cliff. Cal Drago. Yeah, just kind of... A very bizarre uh, wedding night for those two. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not, where are they and what are they doing during this time period? I don't know. They just like uh, sacked some city and... You know, all the Dothraki raped all the women as they are wont to do. and uh, But Daenerys was like, listen, 
Cal Drogo, we should go across the sea. I ha- I'm like supposed to be the queen of this whole other continent. And like now Cal Drogo's gotten so pee whipped that he's just like, <laughs> all right. And he makes like this grand announcement to all his Dothraki soldiers that this, you know, this blood of my blood, this fire queen or whatever is going to sit on this. Or, you know, this great. And then, you know, one of his little Dothraki soldiers doesn't really care to hear it. So they have a little fight and uh, Cal Drogo wins, but he's wounded in the fight. And uh, I don't know. Daenerys allows this little witch lady that she's for some reason kind of taken under her care to work on him and try and heal him or whatever. And, you know, it doesn't work at all. And it's kind of unclear. I guess it seems that maybe she's doing something to make him worse. Yeah, I think that's kind of right. What's more important? revealed in yeah. the next episode. But in this one, he's clearly his wound is infected, and yeah. now he's dying. Yeah, uh-huh. um, he's not in good shape. Yeah, they didn't have like neosporin or anything like that out <laughs> yeah. in this desert, wherever they are. Um, uh, yeah, and so he, Peroxide. you know, he's falling off his horse, which I guess is like the worst thing a call could possibly do. Yeah. And the rest of the rest of the Dothraki are just like, oh, come on, dude, <laughs> get it together. Like, it's kind of like panic time, though, for Daenerys and her little buddy, Jorah Mormont. Yeah, because they've kind of, just... of like uh, expressed to the viewer that, well, if he dies, she's nothing to the rest of them. She yeah, has, it like, doesn't couple... work like Westeros. Right. She's not still the queen and her unborn son is not going to be the next call. Like... It's up for grabs at that point, and her son will be killed because he will be seen as a threat to the new call, and all chaos will be breaking loose when he dies. So she's like in a desperation mode to try to save Khal Drago, but, you know, I I feel like it's, you know, fairly apparent that she's trying to save his life out of love too yeah yeah it's not just because of yeah she's carrying uh, their child yeah (laughs) call drago's right hand men don't like this witch right and everything she represents daenerys is still defending her still trying to make her you know be part of the team and have her help out Mm mm-hmm but tensions are rising, and eventually, Jorah's like, "Look, honey, yeah. he's gonna die. We gotta, we get, gotta the get hell out of, out of here. here." Yeah, and she refuses to leave him. She calls for the witch to come in. I mean, she's not referring to her as a witch, but right. um, some horrible name. And they're gonna perform this bizarre uh, blood magic ritual. Yeah. Sacrifice and to shit uh, gets a little weird. Yeah, they slit the throat of the horse. Blood <laughs> goes everywhere. It's all pretty disgusting. And it's like, what is this supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't see anything after the the horse's throat getting cut, so we don't know what's going on. We just hear all a lot of weird noises. Yeah, very uh, almost cheesy. Yeah kind of horror sound effects, sound effects <laughs> yeah. and noises and stuff. We're not really sure what's going on in there. Jorah ends up fighting with the one Dothraki guy. Yeah, it's a pretty shitty fight. It lasts all of 35 seconds. Jorah's kind of a pussy for wearing all of that armor, but it's like the Dothraki guy is kind of an idiot. Yeah. 
who clearly doesn't understand what armor is, and he tries to stab him through it. I guess that's kind of where we leave off with that storyline, because we kind of don't get the full... Yeah, that's true. Call Drago death. Jorah uh, kills that dude by, you know, just hitting him in the mouth with his sword, (laughs) which doesn't look like it would be an instant death blow, but... Somehow it is. It is. John, meanwhile, back at the wall. This is kind of a big reveal. I thought this was a surprising moment when I saw this scene. Now, what is this guy known as? I guess they just call him Master Amon or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't really... They don't really know who he is. And John is having kind of a crisis because he wants to be by his uh, half-brother's side. Right. Um, traversing Westeros, heading down south to save their father and sisters from the clutches of the Lannisters. However, he has taken an oath to remain at the Wall. Yeah. Well, and he ran into that, you know, pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And Don't swear oaths when you're like 16. <laughs> it's like, come on. He, of course, takes the position that no one understands me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no one knows what I'm going through. It's like, okay. With and Maester Eamon, of course, then reveals Tells an emotional test. story, yeah. Um, the children. <laughs> it's like, all right. These were always like my favorite parts of the books when they would reference the past. Right. Um, that was like one of the most fun parts of the show early on, like just sort of putting together... The details of the past from these little stories that you would get. Yeah, and I mean that's the great thing about the books is that it's everything is built on this seemingly endless history right. that just goes back forever and ever. And occasionally you get little anecdotes that you know you may not be able to connect to anything else, but sometimes oh. the anecdotes connect together and you're able to put something bigger together. Yeah, I think I don't know. That seemed like it froze up for a second, but it looks like it's good. And so Amon was the what would he be to Uh he was the uncle, uncle to the Mad King. To the Mad King, great uncle to Rhaegar, Rhaegar Daenerys Rhaegar. and Viserys. And um of course Rhaegar's children were killed as well. Yeah. And his wife in a pretty horrific way that I mean this is kind of this is why you know we may have to come back to Game of Thrones in future episodes of the pod because you start once you start peeling back these layers you start kind of uncovering lots of different angles to view the material yeah Um, and this is because I think the natural way to watch a show like this is to side with who you see first and who most of the camera time is with. So you kind of just assume that the Starks are good and pure and are the good guys and the Lannisters are the bad guys and everything (laughs) should play out like a typical TV show, black and white, good and evil. But the more and more you put together, you start to see things from different angles. You start to see... Yeah, the perspective shift throughout as it goes forward. And it seems pretty unanimous that... King Ares did go mad yeah. and needed to be overthrown in one way or another. Right. However, this particular story kind of reveals some of the true pain that that, that Robert's Rebellion caused. You right. know what I mean? 
there were innocent children and women killed all in the name of overthrowing a mad king that those women and children had no control over. Right. And granted, we know that the mountain killed Rhaegar's children and wife and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But at that moment in time, you know, he was on Robert and Ned's side. That was all part of the same team. I mean, (laughs) and especially, you know, if you read the books and you stick with the show and everything and you kind of get a different picture of what Daenerys's brother Rhaegar was really like and it's like he doesn't really seem like a bad guy. Right. It's only Ned and Robert that seem to have that version of him and yeah. everyone else kind of supports a different version and it's <laughs> just you really start to question a lot of things and it kind of grays those lines a little bit and I think you know that's what kind of ultimately makes this a more interesting story than your typical one hero, one villain, you know, everything kind of stays the same from A to B. Yes. And of course, you know, this particular episode and the reason why we chose it has a giant moment, which is unlike pretty much any TV show I can think of off the top of my head, where especially, like I said, if you haven't read the book before you you know watch season one this moment in the at the end of this episode really shakes everything up for you you don't know what to think at that point because sean bean who plays eddard stark is pretty much the only face you'd probably recognize right he seems like the main character yes it very much seems like like a show about him through this season and yet here he is being brought you know, on stage in front of the people of King's Landing, and we're not sure what's going to happen. It seems like he's going to go along with the program. Uh, Varys and Cersei seem to be wanting his life to be spared. They kind of recognize that he's more valuable to them alive. But Joffrey's got other plans. Yeah, well, we skipped over. Uh, there is two scenes before this. Which is just quickly that Tyrion has to go to battle, which we don't have to get into that stuff. But the important thing is after uh, they were, they find out that only 2,000 of the Stark sh- soldiers went to face that part of the Lannister army, it cuts back to a scene in the woods where Catelyn and, like, I don't know, that old dude with his horrible uh, ponytail beard thing <laughs> uh, are waiting and... And Rob and his army show back up, and the big reveal there is they've captured Jamie. Now, that scene was stunning to me when I watched it. I, I just was not expecting that they were going to show up with Jamie Lannister, who at this point had been the most intimidating on-screen character. And also, this is kind of gives you hope as a, as a viewer rooting for the Starks at this point, because you're like, oh, okay, they have Jamie. And the Lannisters have Ned, so, you know, you're thinking maybe there's going to be some sort of trade situation. Right. But then when it cuts back, and Ned is very much facing his execution, (laughs) hope starts to slip. Yeah, and I think this is, okay, and this is something that I've, you know, was just talking about a minute ago, and I think it kind of 
this probably I don't even know I can't even say for sure if this is the first time they start to tease this idea out but it it's something that will continue as it goes on which is to set the to set it up a little bit Tyrion gets himself a prostitute like full girlfriend experience going on here he's <laughs> yeah. going all in her name is Shay uh him Shay and Bronn are just chilling. Yeah. Just drinking the night Playing before a battle. Games. Just, you know, trying to unwind a little bit. And Tyrion ends up telling this long involved story <laughs> about a to a whore. Yeah. Who he did not realize was a whore. And <laughs> it was all kind of this thing that was originally set up by his brother Jamie, who I'm guessing was just trying to get Tyrion laid, and then Tyrion falls in love, and then it's a whole thing, and then his father reveals her to be a whore and humiliates Tyrion by making him watch this woman fuck all of the Lannister soldiers, presumably one after another and sometimes more It's than an interesting one. parenting technique. Now, the reason I bring all this up, other than just to get Matt all hot and bothered at that kind of cucking situation. Good Lord. I know. If it's Tyrion, I'd be like, this is punishment? Thank <laughs> you, Dad. <laughs> uh, the reason I bring this up is kind of if the – because you have to go back into the mindset of someone watching this season for the first time and someone who hasn't read the books. You're not 100% sure yet what to make of all of the characters. Um, like I said, you're probably siding with Ned and the Starks, but you know, you're probably realizing that you find yourself liking Tyrion a lot. You're not sure if he is supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy because he's seemingly with the bad guys and is the same family as them. However, this story kind of, in my opinion, you know, reveals like a certain uh, a man apart yeah it, it reveals like a certain vulnerability to his character and makes him more human because at this point he is very entertaining and fun but you know he carries on he parties he drinks he has sex with prostitutes yeah it's, it's all fun like. and games and he seems good-natured and smart but like you can't really necessarily say he's like a quote-unquote good guy but like this story reveals him to be a good guy and reveals his father Tywin to be an evil man that we are clearly not supposed to like and I think part part of this may be done to start to separate people from the banners they raise and the families they belong to in other words just because someone's a Lannister doesn't mean you have to hate them or like them you have to judge everybody on their own and this it's an interesting concept this also factors into what happens to ned because ned is an honorable man and an kind of a bore man. though really well he's also a stupid man yeah his his and i would say insufferable man his inability to see the big picture it's like all right we get it to anticipate what's happening, I always do what's right. Costs him his life. Yeah, and although you know he does try to do, I guess not honorable thing, but 
you know, which he has to be talked into when Varys reminds him that his decisions will be affecting not only himself. And it completely backfires anyway. Yeah, because basically, even though ultimately Cersei and some of the other people understand that killing Ned is a mistake, they kind of get what they want out of him first, which is to him for him to say that Joffrey's the true king and the true heir, to put all of that to rest. Yep. And then they kill him. Well, yeah, Joffrey makes the decision. Well, right, right. But what I'm saying is they get that even though like they oh, don't yes, even yes. though some like Cersei He doesn't even die with the uh the thing that he wants to keep out there. Yeah, because potentially there are some people that would take what he has to say seriously. Right. And especially if he never backs down from it and yeah. then is killed for it. So everything goes horribly wrong for Ned here. Right. And there's a certain naivete to Ned that we will kind of see in Rob in mm-hmm. seasons to come. And yeah. it's kind of a recurring theme with some of the Starks is that... They're idiots. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they're idiots. They're just... They're loyal to a code that no longer applies in this new Westeros that develops in right. this, you know, what do they call it? The War of the Five Kings uh-huh. or whatever. Like... The the old rule book that Ned lived by ceased to matter the second his head got cut off. Right. Or, you know, whenever King Robert died, really, and the Lannisters were really the family of power after that. Now, when I was reading book one and I got to the part where Ned is about to be killed, I was hoping that it was going to happen. Now. Yeah. That's not because I hated Ned the same way that I hate some of the other characters. It was more because I was like, this will be so shocking. Right. And will shake everything up. And is so, like, even though, like, you start to see it coming right before it happens, you're like, this is, this in general is so unexpected that, like, Uh it changes the whole dynamic of everything. And you don't usually see something like that in a TV show. And so I was hopeful then that they were going to stay true to the books and that the show was going to be crazy and everyone was going to be stunned by this. Yeah, um, I I didn't know it was going to happen. Although just watching the show leading up to that episode, I just felt like it had to happen. It just felt like he had to die in order to progress the story. Like it felt like... He had gone down a path that there was no way of getting out of. Yeah. For it to make sense. Now, I'll say this. After the first season, I started reading the books, and the show was no longer as enjoyable to watch anymore. <laughs> like, I, I was killing to go back to not knowing what was going to happen. Well, I mean, you finally got there now. Yeah, and I love this season <laughs> more than I've loved the last, you know, four or five. No, well... <laughs> I know. There's I other agree with that. For that. I agree with that, but I don't think the only reason yeah, is just because they've passed. I, I agree. Think the last couple yeah. seasons haven't even really necessarily reflected the books that much. Right. Not that the books were so great, but they just just but weren't good. I think about certain scenes and how tense they would have been had I not known what was going to happen. Obviously, the red wedding comes to mind. Uh, the the trial by combat for Tyrion's trial with the Red Viper and the Mountain. I just think about those scenes and what I would have experienced watching them. Cersei's nude walk. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just disappointing as soon as you found out it was a body double. 
<laughs> Which, I mean, you know, if you couldn't tell by looking. I uh, I kind of agree, but it's... There's, a, like... I, I know myself, and I know that in any situation, I'm just going to read the books. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people take that stance. It's just every time I've done it, I've always felt like it was a mistake. You just want to know what's going to happen, though. It's like... <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's almost as if... You watch season one, right? And then they're like, you know, surprise! We already filmed the next five seasons. Yeah. You could watch them on on demand right now if you want to, right. or we're gonna air them over the next five years weekly. I'm pretty sure you would start dipping into those apps. Yeah, I know. I mean, you just want right. to, yeah, you just want to keep going with it. And you know, the books are more fleshed out. Obviously, that's There's true. A lot of stuff that they're not able to get into the show, yeah. so you just kind of want to get the full story. Um, in the books, for example, there are a lot more yeah. teases of the I history do think and whatnot. I will read the new books, but I'm not going to read them until after the show. I'll read them as soon as they come out, <laughs> which could still probably be when the show's <laughs> Yeah, over. that's true. <laughs> At this point, I think it's safe to say that the show Definitely. and the books will end differently. Yes. I don't think there's any question about it. And even if... George R. R. Martin was able to hurry up and start writing faster and they were to come out at the same time or come out or the books would something which is impossible but if the books would finish before the show I still think that they would finish differently I think they've just now split right there's no going back I think I don't know what the original agreements were between him and HBO but I, I would imagine that this was always part of the plan and inevitable I don't think there was any way to right. keep going with it the only way would have been if the books would have already been finished before they ever even started the show. But at this point, they have to. You, you, there's so much that has to go into planning what they're going to be doing for these next two seasons. You know, what actors are they hiring? What are the scriptwriters writing? Obviously, they've already written the next season. And it's already been filmed, and that you know we're still. Go, you'd have to go back a whole season and a half to get back to where the books were, and that book isn't even out yet. So. And I don't think George R. R. Martin, as a writer, would be thinking, I got to stay true to the show. I just no, don't no, think no. he's going to think that way. So yeah. they've gone in different directions. There may be some similarities. He may have told them, you know, this is kind of where I'm going. And they may kind of end the same. Mm -hmm. There might even be like, let's say, I think most people believe that they'll, you know, at the end of the show, there's going to be one or more people left standing and those people may be kind of the same in the book, but how we get there will probably be different just because, you know, they've separated at this point. So anyway, Ned gets his head cut off and that's the end, but <laughs> no, but I do remember like this scene and, you know, speaking to that in the, in the books, it's just like, and not knowing what was going to happen. It's like, and you kind of pointed to it when we were watching the episode, but it, it's such a tense scene when, Joffrey just announces, oh, my mom and Sansa, they just have the weak hearts of women, and we're going to, you know, Sir Ellen, bring me his head. Uh, Arya, just the slow build of her reaching for her sword, looking like she's going to make her way through the crowd. It's like, what's going to happen? And then, you know, obviously she's grabbed by some creep from the Night's Watch. But it was like this very slow build. Ned kind of has this acceptance, and then, you know, you just see the sword come down through the back and as it's like kind of getting to his head like the camera cuts away pretty stunning end of an episode for <laughs> what is not even the finale 
Right, and they were definitely, for a couple of, like, the first three or four seasons, they kind of stuck with that formula. Yeah, that making the episode nine is the, the big one. This last season, though, they, they whew, waited till the last yeah. episode. Yeah, I mean, every time I watch this show or, you know, think about it or read the books or whatever, I, I can't help but think about the smell, you know? Yeah, horrible it's got to be. And the pubes. Uh yeah, out of control. Although when we saw Roz, I mean that was a pretty bare situation. Yeah, I don't know, and I guess you know it's not really medieval times because it's a fantasy world. You know what I mean? So they so, have like uh, Gillette. Yeah, in this, in or Westeros. at least like some sort of trend setting when it comes to grooming. Yeah, because there's been there's been a reasonable amount of full frontal nudity for both males and females and it's not yeah, like we get to it, see it's not stick back when he still had one yeah i mean i've seen hodor nudity in like 70s movies and yeah there was can, a lot of bush you can, yeah i mean it's almost like chicks are wearing like panties that are made out of hair <laughs> yeah whereas in this I, you don't ever see anything like that Mm-mm. they wanted to keep it sexy right you know because with hbo there's always like a certain amount of nudity that they don't yeah. from their television shows I know. <laughs> which is great and which is why hbo is fun yeah but like just the what are like the wiping situations going on i mean it's oh. Yeah, I mean, anytime I think about like this kind of world, or like you know whether it's like the past in the real world, it's just like, ew, like oh god, teeth, oof. Just I can't imagine it. a lot of fresh breath or no, just oh boy. But I mean, I guess like if you're used to it, if that's just the world you're in, and you never know anything else, then you're still getting boners, you know. I guess so. Yeah, for what you get them for, you know. <laughs> Yep, no porn ruining people's minds, so. Yeah, like, I mean. Plus, it's like the life expectancy was probably like 25. Yeah, a lot of death. Yeah. Um, They don't really, I feel like in the books and stuff, they cover a lot of ground as far as food and all this other stuff. There's not a whole lot of talk of what kind of diseases they have other than that skin disease that turns you oh, yeah. into like a rock grayscale yeah grayscale um which is kind of just like a herpes a crazy <laughs> no i think it's more like a uh a leprosy kind of oh, thing okay. not exactly but kind of yeah in that mold anything else to add about game of thrones season one i mean we could go on and on but <laughs> who's got the time yeah and i think you know we usually don't advertise too much as to future topics of the show, but I think it's safe to say we'll probably come back to this show at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing about this show, even when I've had like problems really caring about the story or uh, really feeling that into it at, at certain times, but I will say, I mean, just from a production standpoint, one of the coolest spectacles to see on TV, and it's hard not to watch week to week. I still am very into the opening song. Absolutely. Really gets you going. Yeah, it's been a fun journey, and it'll it'll be a shame to see it go just because you always kind of get in that panicky feeling of like, well, now what? Yeah. I mean, I've been digging Westworld, but it doesn't have the same hook no. to it. Uh-uh. Um, 
And so, you know, HBO will... That's... I mean, truthfully, they probably wanted to do only one more season, and then they were like, HBO wanted two more, and then they had to compromise, and then they made it basically 13 episodes, which is less than a season and a half Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're getting shortchanged here. But, you know, they're dragging it out as long as they can, like pretty much everything I mean, based on how this last season went, it does... Things are just like happening like very quick now. Oh, yeah. So... Oh, yeah. Kind of like this podcast, so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that'll do it for Game of Thrones. Uh, we thank you for listening. Hopefully, we won't take another break nearly as long. Nope. Um, we'll be back soon. Follow the show on Twitter, at Greatest Pod. Check out our old episodes. They're lonely. We always like to see, like, random downloads of, like, some of the old episodes. That's always fun. Yeah. Tell your friends, spread the word. If you want to talk about the show, text me. <laughs> text Matt your comments. We got a lot of feedback on the It Follows Absolutely. episode. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, see you next time.